Well, hello, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Yes, I'm back. Um, I've had a little bit of downtime lately, partly because I'm tired, uh, maybe a little bit because I was a little bit depressed, but mostly because after traveling all over Europe, planes, trains, and automobiles, I got a cold and it sucked. Um, I could barely talk. It wasn't fun at all, but I'm over it. It's been a pretty wild month, I guess. Um, I left Alberta on December 13th for Europe, uh, for Amsterdam. And I went there because what I saw happening in the Netherlands, it really disturbed me. Um, do you, did, you, did any of you see the videos of, of farmers in their equipment getting flipped over by loaders and stuff like that? Yeah, I saw that. And I don't know why, but it just made me do something very crazy. And that was book a ticket to Amsterdam with no plan, no money, and no real idea exactly what I was going to do there. But I knew I had to go because I wanted to, first off, find out exactly what was going on and why. And second, I wanted to show the Dutch farmers the same kind of support as they showed us when we were protesting in Ottawa. You remember seeing videos of the Dutch farmers lining their overpasses, waving Canadian flags? I do too. So I went. Now, most people would say that's crazy. Um, and they're probably right. But I think sometimes in life, you have to do something a little bit crazy with really no idea and no plan and just do it on faith and, uh, you know, hope that things will work out. And it did work out. I got a lot of information. I talked to a lot of really great people, made some really good friends. And uh, it gave me some real insight as to what's happening in the world and what's happening in Canada and how we're really actually all in this together globally. Um, not meaning that we have to have a global one world government or anything like that, or that we shouldn't have any borders, but every one of us in our individual countries are facing a common adversary. And that common adversary is anti-human thinking. Are you done calling me a conspiracy theorist yet? Because I'll continue. So there are some uh, policies that are being pushed on us. And we're being made to believe, we're being led to believe that these are for our own good. Trust us, it's for your own safety. And it's not. Have you heard the term net zero? Net zero refers to um, being carbon dioxide neutral for your own good. To ensure that the human species can continue without lighting the earth on fire by 2016, like Al Gore said. Well, net zero is not about just being net zero in carbon dioxide. It's about net zero human impact. You don't have to believe me. Um, in the next few weeks, I'll be presenting more and more info to try and shed some light on this. And hopefully I'll be able to present a good enough argument and enough reality and facts that you finally start to uh, see what's going on so that you can do something about it. Because as I've said before, you cannot deal with a problem until you first admit that you have a problem and a problem we certainly have. So um, during my trip to Europe, which I did not fundraise for, I didn't ask anybody for help doing, 
I used my own money that I actually earned because I have a business. Uh, during my trip to Europe, actually, uh, at the towards the end of my trip, this guy back here, this guy, this guy, somehow happened to snap his leg almost completely off. And my first thought was, you know what? I'm down to my last couple thousand dollars and uh, I'm gonna have to put this cat down. He was taken to the emergency animal hospital and they quoted over $3,000 to fix him up. And my decision was made until I saw that my stepdaughter had started to go fund me because she wanted to save the cat. And at that point, at that point, what do you do? Crush the kid's hopes or do you do what you can to fix the cat? So I put my truck up for sale, which by the way, I've sold. I sold my awesome 67 Mercury truck. So anyway, uh, as soon as people found out what was going on, they they begged me not to sell my truck. They said, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll chip in. We'll, we'll get your cat fixed. Don't worry about it. And some people did. Uh, the GoFundMe raised about, I think it was 890 bucks or something like that. Um, of course, the heartless pieces of shit that want to destroy me, my family, my life, and hate my cat um, reported me to GoFundMe saying that it was all fraud and whatever. And so the, the fundraising quit at $897 or something. But anyway, bygones. So we ended up with enough money raised to fix the cat. So here's the cat. This is Norman. He looks a little bit like Frankenstein. This is where his leg used to be. Um, they took off his entire leg. No, don't eat that. They took off his entire leg. Can you believe that? Poor little guy. His leg was infected so bad up to the top there, they just had to take it all off. And really, he doesn't need it anyway. He's hobbling along well. He's doing good. He's, uh, no, stop it. You're going to get your cone back. He's got his cone off right now. I'm letting him take a bit of a break. But if he continues trying to eat himself, I'll have to put it back on. But anyway, he's doing good. So thank you, everybody, for helping out with Norman. Um, without your help, I would have made the responsible financial decision and had him euthanized because uh, that is a lot of money to spend on a cat. Which, by the way, we did end up finding a cheaper vet. They did the surgery for, I think, 1300 bucks. The bill at the first vet was like 700 bucks, And uh, all's good with Norman. And I sold my truck in case... Well, actually, I sold my truck because I had to, to pay some bills because it's very slow at the restaurant right now. Anyway, that's the story with the cat. Um, so thanks again. Now, throughout this, the reason I mention this is because... In the last three years, I have seen some of the most depraved, ludicrous, ridiculous, asinine comments about people and about me, my family, my friends, my business. I've been the target of unrelenting lies and libel about me on the internet. I've been slandered all over the place, including in businesses in my own town where people sit and lie about me over coffee. That happens. And 99% of it is based on ignorance. People don't agree with my politics, some people. They don't agree with my position on certain things, some people. So they want to believe that I'm an evil bastard with an evil agenda. I'm a government-funded psyop that's only here to grift and steer you away from the truth. I planned all this. I only got the restaurant because I was preparing. 
I was preparing for the pandemic so that I could be controlled opposition. People actually believe that. I've heard that I'm the biggest drug dealer in town. Interesting. I've heard that I run a brothel out of my restaurant. That's even more interesting. I've heard that there's animal droppings all over my restaurant and nobody should eat there because it's disgusting. That one really hurts my feelings because we run a very good operation there. And I would invite anybody who wants to tour through my kitchen um, or my food storage facilities to come on in and ask for a tour. Tour, We'll take you back there. But not if we're busy because then it would be dangerous for you and my staff. Anyway, I've heard it all about me. And even more so because of my cat. My cat that probably doesn't exist anyway. I probably hurt my own cat so that I could continue my grift. What a world we live in. I think a lot of the people that make these things up should actually start writing scripts for movies because they're very creative and they're very inventive. However, most of them don't do it for entertainment value. They do it because they're hateful, ignorant pieces of shit that have no business existing in a civilized society. So a little bit of a background. I bought my restaurant, RV Park Cafe facility in July of 2019. The reason I did that was because I was in uh, oil and gas for 20 years and I was sick of the politics. I was sick of being in an industry where the government could impact my livelihood and my future like that. Um, you know, no more pipeline bills, uh, no tankers off the West Coast, blah, blah, yada, yada, pipeline protests, all these sorts of things. I was sick of it. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to take a huge pay cut. I'm going to take a big risk and I'm going to get into an industry that the government's not going to bother with. So I bought a restaurant right before COVID only to find out that the government can do whatever the hell they want to you, no matter what industry you're in and you're not safe unless you're in the government. So my life was quickly turned upside down, just like the Fresh Prince. It happened almost exactly the same way with me. Uh, I was basically shooting some b-ball outside the school when a couple of guys were up to no good. They started making trouble, you know, anyway. So for the first year, I complied with all the stupid rules that almost destroyed me. I was a new operator. We somehow, I don't know how we got through it, but we did. Uh, in And through all that, I didn't lay off my staff. I hired more because I felt bad for people. I took advantage of whatever subsidy I could. I got the stupid $60,000 loan that I have to pay back. I did everything I could to make sure that my business continued and I continued to employ people. Bad business move. Do not do that if you are in that situation in the future. Uh, it will wipe you out and wipe me out. It almost did. But somehow we got through it. I stood up for myself only because it had affected me to the point where I was going to lose my business if I didn't stand up and say enough is enough. So I did. And the rest is pretty much history. I've been fighting the government ever since. I spent a very short time in jail, only four days. Uh, many more people, better men have spent more time in jail than me. Uh, so in the grand scheme of things, my jail time wasn't really all that significant. But I did go to jail for doing nothing other than protesting as a Canadian citizen who has the right to protest and peacefully assemble. I went to jail for protesting, not for being open against restrictions, not for not wearing a mask, not for serving coffees when I wasn't supposed to, not for not checking vax passes. I went to jail for protesting. That's it. 
The government said that me protesting was illegal. It was an illegal gathering to protest. So I had to go to jail. So I went to jail. And I had a lot of support and the support dwindled after a little while because uh, we had to, we had to fundraise to, to close the deal on the place as the property owner was going to evict me because AHS showed up with lawyers and police and threatened them too. So people stepped up, they helped out. We made a big down payment, made a good uh, uh, arrangement to buy the place, dealt with that and continued going. AHS locked the building up. They seized my property. I'm sure you've seen that. Um, went, to, went to jail the whole nine yards. And, and really, I guess that's all kind of boring stuff. It's just a rerun now. But what's important to note is that throughout this whole thing, every once in a while, people would just turn on me. Sometimes I had no idea what was going on until months later, like with the angry Albertan. Um, I really liked that guy. I watched a video of him early on. Uh, he was talking about me in my cafe and he was basically saying to the government, like, what do people have to do? do they got to light themselves on fire to, uh, to get your attention that they're hurting, that you, what you're doing is damaging them. What did they have to do? And he was very strong, strongly opinionated that the government needed to get out of people's lives. I did a couple uh, burger specials with the Angry Albertan Burger. And when it came time for me to have this big protest, um, tried to get a hold of him and eventually found out that he just was telling people that I was coordinating all this and it was all about money. And I suppose that's fair for people to think because as soon as money enters a conversation for anything, uh, there's a couple things that happen. Number one, people get jealous because maybe they're not getting any money. Uh, number two, people get they don't understand that it takes money to continue doing things. And they, they feel like, um, you know, this was probably just all orchestrated in the first place as a way to get money. But let me tell you something. I just, I don't like the spotlight. I don't like people knowing me everywhere I go. Um, makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I see it as a necessary evil right now because we really need to get awareness up over this stuff and get people involved in this fight. But I never wanted any of that. I was quite content just to be on my own with my business. And, you know, if my business wasn't going to work, I would just go back to the oil patch and make way more money than I did and support it and whatever. No harm, no foul. But that's not what I got and that's not where I am and it is what it is. So whatever. But a lot of people don't like it. So then my cat gets hurt. And people say the most disgusting, horrible, hurtful things about me, my pets, my family, everybody. Um, there's a dipshit from this town named Kevin Montgomery. He is the biggest weasel on the internet. You wouldn't believe the stuff that he puts on there. I don't know what happened to him as a child. Um, you know, maybe he was beat lots. Maybe he was bullied, had no friends, whatever. Probably still doesn't have any friends. But he says the most degrading and disgusting things about me and my family and the people around me and the people I love. Uh, that I actually have no problem calling him out publicly. And maybe he'll see this and he'll man up and he'll come say something to my face, but I doubt it. Because that's just kind of the kind of people these are. Anyway, in addition to seeing that, I've seen some of the best of people. Uh, I was to the point a few days ago where I was just ready to give up, sell everything and just get out of here because why would I want to stay and continue to try and make a difference and make you know, make, make some positive changes for this province and the people in it. When people like that say the things they do about me, why would I, 
you know, maybe it would be better just to go somewhere else and watch it all implode from far away and laugh when Kevin has nothing and is extremely unhappy, although he's already unhappy. Why would I stay and do any of this stuff? Ah, some of you might, might ask, well, what have you done anyway? What have you done anyway? Maybe I haven't done anything, but I'm sure as hell trying. What have you done? I guess that begs the question, what am I doing? What am I trying to do? I want a better future for me and for my family and for my kids. I do. I want a better future for Kevin Montgomery, even though he's an asshole. I want a better future for the people that sit in the other cafe and 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 say that I'm a, a thief and I steal from veterans and there's rat droppings, even though there's no rats in Alberta, except for them, in my cafe. I want a better a better world for all those people. So I was ready to give up. Actually, I did give up. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I actually made a plan to sell the Whistle Stop Cafe and get the hell out of Dodge because I'd had enough. But then something interesting happened. Kind of the same thing happens all the time when I get depressed like that. I'm in my cafe, which has been very, very slow, by the way. That's part of the reason why I was depressed. I mean, how do you hope to pay your bills when there's no business being done? So I'm sitting in my cafe, kind of feeling a little bit sorry for myself, wanting to give up, convinced that I was going to give up and there was no way to move forward. And people kept coming in. And I mean, it wasn't huge crowds, but... I'd be sitting there and somebody would just come in and kind of slowly make their way over to me and, you know, very shyly introduce themselves and just say, hey, we wanted to say thanks for what you've been doing and for, for you speaking up and trying to make a difference. So every time that happens, you know, I'm, I'm sitting over there trying to be a man, but I'm almost to the point where I'm in tears because I feel like I'm just nothing and a loser and not making any difference and not getting anywhere and I'm a failure in my business. And there's people that are driving hours across Alberta to come and thank me for what I'm doing. I don't feel like I deserve it. But that happened all day. They kept coming in one after another. I would be ready to head home and, and do something else. Mind you, I'm not feeling good at this point either. And somebody else would come in and we'd end up talking for an hour. And it, it kind of, I mean, of course, that's going to change the way you feel and the way you, your, your outlook is. But I was still convinced that I had to give up and sell the business and just try and recover some semblance of my life. People have this idea. Some people, a small fringe minority of people uh, in this province and in this country think that I've got rich over this. That's completely the opposite. Um, going into this, I, I didn't know very much on my house. You know, I had some money in the bank. I was okay. I could kind of do what I want. Uh, two properties. Uh, I was not wealthy, but I wasn't poor. And I could, you know, if I wanted to buy a new vehicle, I'd go buy a new vehicle like a normal person. Now, um, I don't own my house at all. I actually owe more on my house than I bought it for uh, 13 years ago. I have no money. I can't buy new cars or really anything nice. Um, the, the stories about me buying 
fancy things for my family. That was all made up. The only thing that I've bought was a $200 horse for my stepdaughter because I just, I didn't want the people who were saying that I was buying horses for my, my kids with donation money. I didn't want them to all be, to want them to all be liars. So I bought her a $200 mini pony, which is actually my backyard. His name's Cinch. You might've, might've seen him before chewing on me during lives. So anyway, um, that's not to say, oh, pity me. I knew that was going to happen. I knew this was going to be expensive. If you have no idea, no, you may have no idea what it costs to fight the government. You probably have no idea what it cost me to stay open against the restrictions. Um, if you were there at the restaurant, you'll remember that I had a lot of staff. We had a lot of staff. So people came in and we sold a lot of food. We sold out of food all the time. But we had a lot of staff and we had a lot of extra costs that wouldn't normally be associated with business. One of the biggest ones was being my business being chained shut for six weeks in which we lost tens of thousands of dollars of inventory, probably. Um, still had to pay power bills and utility bills and all that. Uh, it was over the summer. So I estimate that we lost probably $350,000 of revenue. We were broke into and robbed so we lost a door and ten thousand or so dollars worth of cigarettes the costs were very big the cost of staying open and doing this stuff was really big not not to mention um i realized that it was important to get on the road and get people to understand what was going on so they would get involved too because at the end of the day this is going to be a political solution that fixes this no it's not going to be toppling the government no it's not an mou that forces the government out of power no, it's not Pierre Polivier. No, it's not Daniel Smith that's going to save you. No, it's none of those people that are going to save you. The government isn't going to do it for you. It's only going to happen if you get involved, you get out of your chair, and you show up when it's time to use your voice. That's the only way we fix this. And I know that. I learned that early. So I hit the road and I go speak everywhere people want to hear about this. There's a solution out there and it's attainable, it's within our reach, but the only way it's gonna happen is if people know about it and they show up. So that's what I do. And that's also very expensive. So uh, I've done a lot of speaking at Alberta Prosperity Project events all across Alberta. Very expensive to travel, nobody pays me for that. Uh, I don't fundraise for it, I don't ask people for money. Sometimes they'll put some money in my G-string, which is great, I appreciate it because gas is expensive, even when you own a gas station. But for the most part, it's all out of my pocket. And again, from a business point of view, from a business perspective, that was a huge mistake on my part. I put the future of the province and the people in it ahead of my future and my financial security. I oftentimes fill up my gas tank when I don't have the money to do it, but I do it anyway. I oftentimes... Uh, have somebody take my shifts at the restaurant so I can be somewhere speaking at, a, at an event and I have to pay them to do it. That means I can't pay myself. The costs have been very, very high for me. And there's a lot of things that I've put off that they're going to, one one of these days, they're going to come a knocking and they're going to ask to get paid. And I'm going to have to figure it out, but that's my deal, not yours. But what I'm saying is the cost has been very, very, very high. And that's not even to mention uh, the cost of being somebody that you hear 
people saying I should be drug out into the street and shot because of my political perspective. People say that about me. That's not even considering the cost. Um, I have, I lose friends and I can't go to their funeral or their memorial because somebody doesn't like my politics. So I'm unwelcome. So I just have to mourn in my own way. That's a pretty big cost. And I've paid it a few times and I suppose I'll probably continue to pay it. Anyway, um, so why am I going through all this? I have no idea. I, I, I have this... I have this idea that I constantly need to defend myself against these attacks. And I suppose I really don't. Um, it's hard not to, though, because when you see people saying these things about you online or you hear it coming back to you from, you know, people talking about you in a coffee shop, it really does bug you a little bit because it's lies. These people believe other people lying about me because they don't agree with my politics. People believe it. Why do you believe it? Why would you? Is it that hard to believe that somebody can actually do something to try and make a difference in this world and that they're not, there's no other underlying reason for it besides they want things to be better? Is that so difficult to believe? I suppose if that's not in your own realm of understanding and it's something you would never do, then it would be very difficult to believe. And it's not just me. Uh, it seems like everybody who's trying to do anything or has pushed back or fought or whatever, they're all under attack by people. Um, I'm going to play some clips from a couple of uh, um, dipshits, I'll call them, shortly. <laughs> You're going to like this. Actually, it's going to be painful to watch. It was painful for me to watch. They basically spend two hours saying the most ridiculous things, no substance, no substance to this at all, no solutions, no real common sense or logic, although they talk about it a lot. And uh, I, I watched some of this and I thought, you know what, I gotta I gotta call these guys out. So everyone that's doing something is is getting attacked. Um, even on our own side, like for instance, we talked for how long about wanting to fire Jason Kenny, right? So we fired Jason Kenny. Oh, that's not good enough. You can't trust those people. Well, well I thought you wanted to fire Jason Kenny. Okay, whatever. Well, we need to we need a new premier who believes in freedom and doesn't and believes in choice and isn't going to push uh, the jab on people and and is going to do something about some of these things. Okay, so we elected one, and she's not perfect, but she's doing a lot of those things. Oh, it's not good enough. You can't trust them. They're all controlled opposition. It's elections aren't real. It's all selections, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you want? What do you want? Every time we do something and we take a step forward, there's people, it's it's never good enough for them. It's never good enough. There's always some weird theory behind, like they think it's some weird reason why these things happen and it's not good and we need to fight that too. It's never good enough. It's like the, the green climate alarmist crowd. It's never good enough. Until people are killing themselves to stop climate change, it will never be good enough. And for the people that constantly 
slam and 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 trash those who are trying to do something, it will never be good enough for them either. Because they're not about solutions. They're all about complaining about the current state of affairs and how things aren't exactly perfect the way they want them to be. But things will never be perfect the way they want them to be. So, um, rewind a little bit here. So I, I mentioned that I was really down in the dumps and I wanted to, to quit doing this and just leave it all behind. Uh, I, I was like that close to just putting a post and saying, fuck it all, I'm out. But I didn't. And I, I didn't because people kept coming to me and talking to me and they kind of lifted my spirits. And then I just got myself out of my little pity party and I went and spoke to a crowd in Pinoca and it completely changed um, the way I'm feeling now. A couple things happened. Somebody bought my truck, which helped alleviate some of my financial issues. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, somebody bought my uh, fifth wheel, my camper, and that's going to you know, that's going to help me float the restaurant for a, you know, a month or so, keep me going a little bit longer. And I realized that I always preach about just do the right thing and have faith that it will work out. And it will, because if you're doing the right thing, it will work out. And I, I just, I, I guess I don't listen to myself. Um, can you blame me? I mean, I'm boring as hell, but I, I guess I have to take my own advice. I know that pushing back against what's coming, and that is Agenda 2030, that's real, it's not a conspiracy theory. It was a conspiracy theory back in 2008 when it was uh, people started talking about it, but it's not a conspiracy theory now when it's actually happening in our country. It is not a conspiracy theory. Pushing back against that is the right thing to do because that agenda and this whole climate change plan, this whole Build Back Better and Great Reset and all this crap, it's not about making things better for you and me. It's about eliminating human impact and returning the planet to the state it was before human beings um, used it for their purposes because human beings are, beings are a virus on the planet and the planet can only survive without them. Well, that's a load of horse shit. And we must push back against that. Net zero at all costs? Fuck that. How about human flourishing and prosperity at all costs? How about equality for all at all costs how about that how about those things because if the cost of net zero is the loss of 3500 family farms in the netherlands that cost is too high if the cost of net zero is eliminating the commercial fisheries in holland because that's happened 76 out of 90 commercial fishing vehicles or vessels have been scrapped because climate change that cost is too high. If the cost is allowing children to get uh, maids or medical assistance in dying because human beings are a virus on the planet must be eliminated, that cost is too high. If the cost is destroying our way of life by removing the energy source that brought the human humankind into the most prosperous era in the last 10,000 years, if, if, if that's the cost, that cost is too high. And something else needs to be figured out. Or maybe we need to be focusing on the truth 
instead of the lies that are fed to us by people who are profiting greatly over our ignorance or our our lack of uh, uh, of courage to stand up and speak out for the truth about the truth. You know that most of our politicians right now in Alberta, most of our government, UCP government, do not believe that carbon dioxide is a detriment to this planet. Most of them do not believe that. I know that because I've had conversations with many of them. As a group, I bet you they don't believe that net zero is even needed. And yet they don't stand up and speak the truth. And the truth is, human beings and the planet, we need to use more oil and gas, not less. The more oil and gas we use, the more we the more we allow machines to do work for us, the more we allow or the more we use energy to master the climate and the environment around us, the more we use energy to repair nature's chaotic accidents, the better our quality of life is, the better the planet is. That's the truth. But they don't speak the truth because they're worried about being canceled. Cancel culture is a real and very terrifying thing. Look at Jordan Peterson. One of the most high-level thinking people that I've ever heard. Uh, they're talking about canceling his credentials because they don't agree with what he says. Cancel culture is real. Trevor Barrett, good friend of mine asks, uh, wouldn't that eliminate jobs, machines doing work? Yes, it absolutely does. Machines have eliminated jobs. Machines have eliminated the following jobs. Um, cutting grain crops with a scythe and bundling it into bushels by hand. Machines have eliminated the job of digging ditches and trenches for utility lines. Machines have eliminated the job of weaving clothing. All sorts of things that took a tremendous amount of time. Machines have also eliminated the job of going to the well and using a rope and a bucket to get water. Machines have given us much, much more time to do things like think and invent new medicines and, um, and, and, and think about what we can do as human beings to better ourselves. Machines have allowed us to do that. They've given us, they've freed up our time to do things that machines cannot do. Ponder the state of the universe kind of things. And it's worked out well for us. If you look at a quality of life index um, over the last 200 years, and you look at the point where we started using fossil fuel fuels for energy, our quality of life skyrockets faster than the hockey stick graph of climate change. It's true. The correlation between using fossil fuels and our quality of life and actually of the quality of the planet around us uh, tells a much different tale than net zero at all costs. So these are the things that I believe in. And people don't agree with me. Um, and they'll say the most idiotic things about me. And you might have noticed that my language has shifted. I use the F-bomb more. Uh, I may call people names at certain times. Um, I'm not as polite and, and classy as I used to be. And I suppose that's a personal learning experience. Uh, I don't like that I'm like that, but I just, at times, I really don't care what people think. And I want to use those words because I feel like using them. But I guess it's not a good example and I'll try not to. 
I really don't want to make the dipshits any madder than they already are. Oh, shit, I did it again. Gosh, dang it. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, let's get on to some clips here. I'm going to go do this real quick because I actually didn't mean to go on this long. I just basically wanted to do a live and let people know that I was still alive. Uh, that's not the cat. That's a stinky little weird dog. Uh, I just wanted people to know that I was still alive and I'm still kicking and still doing my thing. Also, I want to let people know that tomorrow at the Whistlestop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, we have a free pancake breakfast. Yes, it's free. Leave a donation if you want. Don't leave a donation if you don't want to. I really don't care. Um, and if you don't like that and you think it's a grift, don't come. You cannot have my pancakes if you are going to talk like that about me and my restaurant. So bugger off. While we're at it, let's do a free lunch too. How about we do a free soup and sandwich at the Wizard Stop Cafe tomorrow? I think that's a really good idea. And you know what? Let's go three for three. Let's do a free uh, Bison Stroganoff supper tomorrow at the Wizard Stop Cafe. So morning, lunch, and dinner. Let's do it all free. Is it because I have lots of money? Nope, it's not. Not at all. It's because uh, right now there are people who cannot afford to go out and eat supper or at a restaurant, whatever. They can't afford it. Everything's expensive. And yes, the prices in restaurants are going up, um, probably due to things like when I bought the Whistle Stop Cafe, my power bill was about 1500 bucks, 1700 bucks a month. Last month, it was $5,000. $5,085 was my power bill. Uh, November 13th to December 13th. That's why prices are going up. Do you know how many hamburgers you have to sell to make up uh, a $3,000 difference in your costs each month? A lot of hamburgers. That's why prices are going up. People can't afford it. So I think it's the right thing to do every once in a while to make it so that if people can't afford to eat out, they can still come anyway. And there are people that have more than they need and they come in and they also enjoy a meal and they'll put a little extra in the in the donation thing to cover food costs. They do it because it's the right thing to do. People actually want to help each other. They want to. There are really good people out there who legitimately want to help other human beings. And that is the reason why I continue to do what I do at the Whistle Stop Cafe. That is why I continue to do free breakfasts and free this and free that. Because it gives people the opportunity to come and help each other. We don't need a government to tell us to do that. We don't need a government to take our money and then take, keep most of it and give a little bit out to other people to help them and then tell us we're virtuous because we pay all these taxes for all these social programs. No, we pay 60% of the tax we pay supports bureaucracy and people get rich off it. The other 40%, you know, get spread out as crumbs to the, to the peasants. We don't need government to help each other. So I think it's the right thing to do every once in a while to do a free, free, ah, a free day at the whistle stop. That's what I did on my birthday too. Do the right thing and have some faith and it works out. There hasn't been one time where I've done a free pancake breakfast or a free lunch where donations haven't covered the food costs. So we just keep doing it. It's fun. And it's great to have a bunch of people there because we share stories and motivate each other and yada, 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 human connection type thing. So that's why we're doing that. Anyway, let's get on to these clips. I apologize in advance. This is terrible. Um, I, If they hadn't mentioned me in this, I wouldn't have been so inclined to actually show you this and comment on it. But seeing how they had the balls to talk about me in their live stream, um, I will 
I'll give them the benefit of showing you their stuff on my page and responding to it. Here we go. Wait, I got to share the screen. There we go. There we go. Part two interview with Danny Martin, Hungry Trucker. We discuss controlled opposition. Danny doesn't look hungry. Sorry, Danny. It's a horseshit show. There's they're liars and scam artists. Uh, Pulaski, just listen to him talk. He's not a happy guy. Like if you're looking for an actual uh, man of Jesus, or a, you know, like a, you're looking for like an actual compassionate, loving, very kind person, not an angry as hell. Yeah, you're all Nazis. I can't stand this. I'm not looking for somebody like that. I he's now running an independence party. Okay, let me tell you something about my friend Arthur Pulowski. And yes, I will call him my friend. Arthur is not perfect. He's a man. Um, his imperfections are probably what led him to church and to Jesus and salvation, because that's the whole point uh, of salvation: is that we know we're not perfect, and we need something bigger than ourselves to account for that. Now, this Danny fella with his sunglasses at night, like Corey Hart, you don't need them on your hat. It's tacky. You're not 19. Um, he mentions how Archer says he's a man of God, but he's always angry. Well, there was a man of God thousands of years ago who did do uh, something that was very angry. His name was Jesus. And actually, there was a time when Jesus went into the temple and I don't know if it's literal that this is how it went, but um, he basically kicked everybody out, flipped the tables over, and used whips to drive out the, the thieves from the temple. Why did he do that? Why was he angry? Because people were, they were using the church, the temple of God, as a place to do despicable things and, and steal from people. And he... He ejected them out of the temple for it. Not because he wasn't godly. I mean, he was the son of God. He did it because there are times when God's wrath uh, is appropriate. And this is one of those times. If you have a government that's oppressing its citizens and, and tyrannizing them and closing businesses and destroying lives and forcing people to put stuff in their bodies that they do not want, and then it's harming them, you have every right and justification to be angry. And any man of God should be angry when he sees people getting treated like that. And you should feel a little bit of the wrath of, wrath of God flowing through your veins when you're talking about it. Because what's happening in the world is evil. And I personally don't believe we need to be nice to evil. So thank you, Art, for being willing to do that. Let's continue. Ah, Armand Bibi, nobody's going to fall for your stupid Bitcoin scam, you slimy piece of shit. Stop it. Ugh. Okay, let's continue. In Alberta, do you know what independence means? Not yeah. exactly. Tell well, independence. What does independence mean? Let's say, okay, well, I've got a phone right here. Uh, I'm going to independent the phone case off of the phone. There we go. We now have our independence. Uh, that is separation of Alberta from Canada. 
Now, if you've heard Wexit, if you look at these drama queens, okay. If I was gonna swear, and I'm I'm gonna really try not to. So, this Danny fella's understanding of independence is akin to a cell phone in the cell phone case. Unbelievable. What's more unbelievable is people fall for this. People watch this. 120 people commented on this video. A whole bunch of people watched it and they agreed with them. My friend, Archer Pulowski, is the leader of the Independence Party of Alberta. Um, Archer decided, you know what? If I can't, if the politicians aren't going to leave me alone, I'm going to become a politician and I'm going to change things from the inside. Good for him. More people should do that. You folks that are watching should do that as well. If you don't like how things are going in politics, you should get involved and become the politicians and bring your good ideas there. That would be a great idea. When talking about independence, I believe in Alberta independence. I believe in, in a referendum on Alberta independence because if the federal government wants us to own nothing and be happy, if they want to destroy our farms by telling them they can't use fertilizer that they need to feed people, if the government wants to destroy your ability to move around in your own country by saying you cannot uh, have an internal combustion vehicle anymore, you have to have an ideological sound virtue signaling piece of crap electric vehicle that isn't going to work properly in Alberta. If the federal government is going to say, no, Alberta, you can't develop your resources and be prosperous and flourishing human beings because you're bad, bad boys and girls for doing that. I don't want to go with them and neither does Alberta. And people have tried, premiers and governments have tried for the last 50 years in Alberta to stop what the federal government is, is doing to us, doing to Western Canada, and they've failed because they don't have the leverage to do so. We cannot vote our way out. Pierre Polivare is not going to save Western Canada. I'm sorry. I like him. I don't think he's a lizard man. I don't think he's Illuminati. I don't think he's controlled opposition. I don't think he eats babies or any of those things. But Pierre is not going to save us because Eastern and Central Canada, they control the fate of this country not alberta bc saskatchewan manitoba when justin trudeau was elected the first time the entire western canada voted conservative and yet we elected a liberal government that took this country right down the shitter we cannot influence the outcome of a federal election and if it's federal policy that's taking us down this uh, anti-human path we should not be going with them Pierre Polivier is not going to be the Prime Minister of Canada unless he wins the East. And our bureaucracy, our million Canadians who work for the federal government, the hundreds of thousands of people who support them because of um, quid pro quo deals and stuff like that, because it benefits them, reside in Ontario, in Quebec. And they will maintain this power structure that we call Canada. They will maintain it at all costs because it's in their best interest to do so. I don't want to go there with the federal government. And so as an Albertan in a province that has sovereign jurisdiction in most areas, by the way, Canada is not, we do not have a national government in Canada. We have a federal government that's supposed to work, do things like international trade, uh, military, those sorts of things. But everything else is supposed to be up to the provinces to deal with, including our resource extra extraction and development. 
And if the federal government won't respect that, we should not be staying with them. Because if they're not going to respect uh, the, the structure that we agreed to join Confederation in, why should we stay if they're not going to honor their marriage vows and they're they're going uh, to do the things they're doing to us? Why should we why should we stay? We shouldn't. At the very least, we should send a very strong message that says, Ottawa, we're not going down that path. Treat us equally allow us to chart our own course or else we're leaving. We need that leverage. That's what the referendum on independence is about. That's why I travel around Alberta with the Alberta Prosperity Project, telling people why we need a referendum, how it happens and what happens after. We have to do that. I just spent uh, 17 days in Europe traveling around and watching and listening and seeing what's coming. Because what's happening in Europe right now is coming to Canada. They are pushing people off their farms, turning the land back to nature in the name of biodiversity. Um, they do have plans to build a super giant city in Holland and move everybody out of the country into it, turn everything back to nature because we have to reduce human impact at all costs. This stuff is coming. It's coming to Canada and it's coming from the federal government. And we don't want to go there. Trust me. We don't. That's what independence is. Independence means that you have the balls to stand up and say enough is enough. If you want to go there and destroy yourselves, we're not going with you. We're going to stand independent and you can destroy yourselves. We're going to be fine and prosperous over here. That's what independence is. So laugh all you want. But uh, if you can't grasp that idea and you're willing to throw away your future and your prosperity because you're too much of a chicken shit, to stand up to the federal government? I guess I can't help you. Anyway, let's continue. There's, there's not much more. Only two hours. Oh, oops. Involved with Wexit. A lot of the same uh, characters who were all involved in the trucking convoy. Hmm. These people all keep popping up again. Wow. There's a quote uh, about causation and correlation here. I'm sure you know it. The reason why the same people keep popping up again and again is because there's a very few amount, there's very few people who are actually willing to stick their necks out and fight back against this stuff because they know they're going to get canceled. They know they're going to have people like this say stupid things about them and, and say that they're controlled opposition. They're being paid by the government. People know that. So they're scared to stand up. The same people do because they've realized that the battle is more important than their own lives. So they continue uh, to stand up and speak out. Let's continue. Do you know, this is a fun fact. You've fun heard fact. of the Whistle Stop Cafe. That's me. Yes, we talked about so it. So in your end of the country, you had uh, Adamson's Barbecue. Yeah. So we here we had the Whistle Stop Cafe. We had Archer's Church. Uh, did you know those are brand new buildings? No, wow. no, I mean, they're not new buildings, but they're new operations. Like we're talking within just the last uh, two or three years. Uh, they they just so happen to uh, come up just around the time as the whole scandemic started. Yeah. Hmm. It almost seems a little, a little too Greta to me. It seems a little too uh, 
premeditated, a little too planned. We're going to have to have our crisis actors in play. We're going to have to have our billings in play. When I watch uh, some of the theatrics that Archer was involved in, it seemed a little too crisis actor. Uh, even this whole thing with the whistle stop, the, uh, you know, people have been starting to ask questions about him because he's no longer, uh, I don't know, Archer is no longer in the business of uh, uh, praising God and, and saving uh, humanity. He's now in the business of Western separation. We had uh, the guy that's running this uh, Whistle Stop that's Cafe me. who's uh, no longer uh, cooking bacon. He's now bacon doing Motley Crue concerts. He's back now, but they're they're milking this, you know. Is it possible that I changed my occupation at the worst possible time? That I got out of the energy industry and into a restaurant and gas station six months before COVID, not having any idea that that was even a possibility in this country? Well, that's what happened. I am not paid by the government. I am not a crisis actor. I bought a business to try and do something better for me and my family. And the government stuck their dirty, stinking fingers in my business six months later to the point where I was forced to fight for my life. I wasn't established at all. Six months into that business. And then a year of lockdowns. I was put in a position where I was in a crisis and I was forced to do something that I never would have done in the past. And that is take on the government. Now this dude, I don't know if he's just trying to get attention or what sitting in his kitchen with sunglasses on his hat. You don't need your sunglasses. It's not sunny in your house. It's not even daytime outside is making a mockery of all of the people that actually believe the, the things that he's saying. He has never talked to me. He's never been to my cafe. Um, and he continues to say these things as if they're fact. And then he bases the remainder of this video on it. Now, to be fair, this, this is a very small part of this video where they talk about me. The reason it's significant is because they spend the rest of the video talking about uh, Pat King, Kellyanne Wolf, Chris Skye, Kevin Johnson, Art Pulowski. Uh, I'm sure there's more. Basically, anybody that's had any kind of media attention throughout the pandemic. They talk about them. Now, I don't know if the things that they're saying are true. But I don't think they are because of the, what they've said about me. I know my situation. And I know that what they're saying about me isn't true. Therefore, I know that these two fools are blowing smoke out their ass. They have no idea what they're talking about. And that leads me to believe that everything else in this video that they're talking about is probably fake. Probably to get people who have questions about me or anybody else to watch their videos and share them and increase their social media uh, following. It's drama. Some of you won't want to hear this, but this is very, very similar to the movie Died Suddenly. Died Suddenly had a lot of good information. 
factual information, a lot of truth, but they mixed in a whole bunch of lies and they ruined it. It became a fiction. Why did they do that? Because they want people to watch it. They want them to share it. They want them to have an emotional response about it and increase their fame and their fortune from it. That's my take. I'll show you a few more clips here. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll show you the clips first. Let me let me just cue it up here. And that's oh, why, I thought you had a restaurant for it. Excuse me. Danny, that's why we have to be uncompromising. I said it from the get-go. We've got to expose a guy like Arthur Pulowski and the ones that we're mentioning. Okay. Jason Etsy. I will invite you to ask me any questions you have and try and expose anything you believe that I'm up to that's no good on my show or on your show. I will talk to you, but man up and ask to talk to me. Don't sit there behind your, I don't know if it's a fancy microphone, maybe. Don't sit there with your tulips and your cool goatee talking about me as if you know me or you have any clue what my business is about or what I've gone through because you have no idea. None at all. Even you, Mr. Fake Hungry Trucker, you're not fooling anybody. We can tell you're not hungry. Jeez. Can you tell I'm getting a little frustrated with all this? You hear all the time, oh, unity, unity, we need to unify, we need to stand together. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Because it doesn't matter how uh, good your intentions are, there's always going to be people like this who are tearing everything to shreds because they just don't understand or they want, they would just want people to watch them. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's an open invitation. Uh, I'm happy to come on your show and school you in, in me and my restaurant and the freedom movement for that matter. Uh, here we go. Let's try you know, But I mean, there are, Daniel Bulford, excuse me. Here we the go. same thing you're just talking about. I mentioned part one, saying that the guns confiscated in Peterborough, thousands of guns, were going to be planted in Ottawa from his sources. He's a crisis actor. It's bullshit. He turned himself into the cops. Please look into this guy sometime, Danny. Uh, and he turned himself into the cops. Nobody knows why the RCMP were even after him. They didn't even handcuff him. His hands are behind his back in front of a large crowd in Ottawa. Oh, I'm just turning myself in. And that's a psyop. To make Canadians seem like, see, oh, just turn yourself in. No civil disobedience. Oh, my um, goodness. And Danny, feel free to talk in a moment. But it, when you get a minute, let me know when uh, when you're cool with it. And I would like to read just a few minutes that of control. Bullshit. Okay. So let's talk about this for a moment. So throughout this whole thing, I've had the very unique opportunity to get to know a lot of the people that are involved in the, the freedom movement, a lot of them. Um, I've, I've met Pat King, Kellyanne Wolf, Kevin Johnson, all of the people that peop, some people hate, some people love. I've met them all. Uh, some of them I've had some good conversations with and I've got to know them as human beings. Chris Barber, Tamara Leach, uh, even BJ Dichter. A lot of these folks, Bridget, uh, 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 oh my goodness, can't remember her last name, Bell, 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 Belson, Trucker Bridget. Uh, a lot of these people, I've had conversations with them. Even Kevin Johnson in the beginning um, spent lots of time with Archer Pulowski. And I'll actually, I'll tell you something about Archer. Archer sounds angry on TV when he's being dragged down the street or arrested for the 18th millionth time. 
for some weird reason. I mean, he, I don't know why he would be angry, but when you have a conversation with the man, he's a very happy person um, that we sit there and we talk for hours about things and we have a great time and we just talk about life and normal things. And he's a very down to earth, honest, regular guy. He's just a normal person. I know because I've spent time with him. I know Tamara Leach is real because I, I've spent time with her. I've had conversations with her. I broke bread with her. I've done normal human being interaction with her and her husband. And, and they're real human beings. They're not government agents. They're not some controlled opposition. They are real people with real legitimate concerns about the future. And they're trying to do something. I, I've had lots of conversations with Kevin J. Johnson. Kevin J. Johnson and I, we took completely separate paths. Kevin is a kind of a shock jock. I'm like a straight shooting, just kind of calm and don't want to really make too many waves kind of person. Um, he's made a lot of mistakes. Do I think he's an inherently bad person? No, I don't. He's just different than you and he's different than me and he's trying to do something in his own way. Chris Barber, he stood up and said, why are we letting the government do this to our friends? He is a normal person. Even BJ Dichter, shrouded in secrecy and conspiracy theories, talking with the guy, he's just an average Joe. What really got me was this guy talking about Danny Bulford. And Jason, I will tell you right now, you are way out of line. Way out of line. And that was that the disrespect that you just showed for Daniel Bulford makes me want to vomit. I spent a ton of time with Danny in Ottawa. Somehow I ended up being allowed to sit with uh, the group that was coordinating and supporting the, the convoy in Ottawa. Every morning, 6 a.m. or 6.30, uh, there'd be a meeting. They'd talk about things that were happening, logistics, security, safety, whatever, any news coming in. Those uh, guns that were stolen was part of that. <coughs> uh, Danny worked tirelessly to try and make sure that people were safe, to try and make sure that messaging got out properly, that nobody interrupted the, the the peaceful assemblies that were going on danny and his wife uh they're very godly people who genuinely care about other people and he put it all on the line to do that he's not controlled opposition i sat with that man and i talked with him about things uh, like about life and 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 what's going on in the country and stuff like that multiple times i know the guy and he is not what this Jason guy is saying. He's not what this not so hungry trucker is saying about him. You might think I'm being disrespectful by poking fun at these two, but the things they're doing and the, and the stuff they're saying about people that I know is horrendous. I've had the privilege and the blessing and the curse of getting to know a lot of the people that these two are talking about. Even Pat King, Patrick Erickson. I've had some conversations with him. I don't agree with him on everything. I think he's certainly made some mistakes. I wouldn't have done some things he does. But at the end of the day, he's just a normal guy trying to do something. Maybe he has different motivations. Maybe he wants to be <coughs> rich and famous. I don't know. I don't really care. But I know that he's a normal, average, everyday guy. An imperfect human being just like you and me. You might not agree with him or his tactics, I might not agree with him and his, or his tactics, but he is not a bad guy. 
enough of those video clips. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there about a lot of people. And I want you to ask yourself something. Is it more reasonable for you to believe that all of this is some coordinated psyop by the government where everybody who's speaking out has been hired and they're getting dark money and it's all part of a conspiracy to to get you to oh yeah like what they said the convoy was just a psyop to convince people to do a january 6th thing like the united states that's what these guys call that they say that the people that were participating in the participating in the convoy were just doing a january 6th well obviously they don't know the truth about january 6th and guess what one of the people that um, gets trashed on social media uh, for being part of Kevin J. Johnson's crew, he was actually there January 6th. He, he, he photographed it. He recorded it. He wrote about it. He saw things happening that didn't match up with the news. He, he wrote a book about it and, and, and tells us what he saw on the ground. January 6th was not what the news made it out to be. But these guys don't know that. Is it more reasonable, to, more reasonable to believe that this is all a conspiracy and we're all paid by the government and I'm getting rich and this is nothing but a grift? Well, you're going to see how not rich I am probably very shortly. Maybe even I'll announce what's going on tomorrow because I suppose everybody should know. Is it more reasonable to believe that or is it more reasonable to, reasonable to believe that there are good people who want to make a difference and they're doing the best they can because they're not experts? They're not professionals. They're doing the best they can. And they're not perfect and they make mistakes. I can tell you that I'm in the second category. If I had to do everything all over again, I'm sure that I could probably do it way better and keep way more people on my side, make way less mistakes. But I've never done this before. I'm only doing it because I feel like I have to. And I'm not getting rich. And... I, I don't even, I don't know what else to say. So if you're going to sit there at home, continuing to on your keyboard, talking about how, um, you know, people are only doing things because it benefits them or it's this a grift or a psyop, uh, and you refuse to believe that anybody could actually be doing anything to try and better things. I feel <coughs> really bad for you. I feel horrible for you. It would suck to live like that. It would suck to not have any faith in humanity whatsoever. Well, I still have faith in humanity. And you might want to trash those folks and believe certain things about them. But I will continue to believe that they're human beings who are doing the best they can with what they have. And they're trying to make a difference for everybody. And I think if more people could just understand that that's a, the reality of the situation, we'd be way better off. And I suppose I, uh, it is different for me because I, I've had this, like I say, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to have conversations with all these people. I've met most of them. Um, they talk about Maxime Bernier. I've had sat down and talked with him. Um, we have people trashing Brian Peckford, the honorable Brian Peckford. I've sat down and had coffee with him and a few meals with him. He's a real man, a human being who really wanted to do something good for his country. Uh, Chris Barber, not perfect made some stupid comments in the past, owned up to it, grown from it, wants to do something good for people and change the world to be a better place. He's a real human being. Same with Tamara. She's just a sweet lady who wants to make a difference. Why does she keep popping up in 
these different things, wax it and this and that, because she wants to make a difference. She knows something's wrong and she wants to make some changes. Is she perfect? No. Are any of us perfect? No, we're not. But if you want perfection, <coughs> I will steer you to perfection. You'll find that in Jesus. So if you want perfection, you can find it in the good Lord. If you want human interaction and the best we can do on this planet, then maybe support someone who's trying to do that. And if you can't, that's your loss. I'm going to take a couple minutes and go through some comments because I'm way over the half hour I wanted. We're at an hour and 10 minutes. But you know what? What's another 20 minutes? I, I get so wrapped up in this that I don't see the comments. And um, let's take a moment to answer some. Uh, here's a great comment. Very articulate. Well thought out. This comment may change the world. And I commend anybody who can make such an intellectually sound comment as this. You, sir, are a prince among men. Also, fuck you. I'm sorry. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say thank you. What else we got here? Ah, my friend Connie. Rich is not only monetary. I feel like I have grown rich over the last few years by finally seeing what is truth and what is not. Richer knowing that 90% of what I thought I knew was lies. When we finally see the truth, the riches are abundant. Yes, Connie, absolutely right. Um, I am not a wealthy man, but I feel like I am very much enriched by the last three years because of the people I've met, the things I've learned. And uh, as scary as some of it is, uh, knowledge is power. And if we hope to change anything, we need that knowledge. So... Uh, if you want to talk about things of value, knowledge is the most valuable thing that we could possibly have. And we're certainly getting a lot more of that. Okay, here's one. Uh, this isn't a question, but it's a it's a statement. I won't trash talk anybody. Well, oh, Kelly, I'm sorry. I got to do it. Well is W-E-L-L. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, Trudeau and his minions. But I am confused with all the bickering. I just keep watching lives from all and try to figure it out. Hope all can settle their differences and unite. There will be no unity. There won't. And the reason there won't be is because we're human beings and we cannot unite. We don't have anything at this point that's clear and present that we will unite around. At this point, the only thing that unites us is that we're all going to the same place. We are all going to die. That is the only thing that unites us right now. We had some unity when there were mandates and restrictions and whatnot. Uh, now, what we're fighting against isn't quite as apparent as it was before. It's not right in front of our eyes. So there will be no unity. There will be bickering and there will be fools like these two gentlemen who say the things they do without first finding out what they're talking about. Um, people want to be powerful. They want to be famous. They want to have more likes or more shares or more views than the other people. So they will do whatever they have to do to do that. They'll trash other people. They'll try and bring other people down to elevate themselves. It's no different than a corporate power grab. You know, big corporate, <coughs> pardon me, employees claw the ladder. And if there's no rungs, they'll pull somebody else down to get ahead of them. That's how human beings are. And uh, until we have something that's clear and present that we can focus on besides ourselves, at least some of us, there will be no unity, unfortunately. Oh, this guy. I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pick on you, but I'm sorry, buddy, but you're going to die. Yeah. 
you're, you're dying right now. Yes. We all are. We're all dying. We're all going to the same place. One day, none of this is going to matter anymore, and we're going to be in a different place. And uh, <clears throat> I hope at that point, uh, your life has been worth living. Uh, okay, that's a question. I have no idea. I don't know what Farm Fest is. I don't know if I can participate and haven't been invited. And you're welcome. Um, please fill me in if you can. Ah, this is true. It's harder to stand up than just go along. Some realize the effort necessary. Yes, it is harder to stand up. It would have been much easier to treat the restrictions and the my restaurant closure like a vacation and take all the subsidies and just relax and whatever. But that would not be the right thing to do. So I didn't do it. <coughs> oh, I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed in Lethbridge. Uh, my friend Doug Wissenstock uh, says I'm not allowed. Me and my piece of shit friends are not allowed in Lethbridge. And also my friend Nadine said that I'm not allowed in Lethbridge either. So I can't. I'm just kidding. I'll be back in Lethbridge. They can suck an egg. Winnipeg Convoy. Uh, no idea. I don't think I'll be participating. Um, I really, I can't afford to insure that picker truck. So I definitely won't be driving that. But I think, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about that. I'm not feeling it, if that makes sense. Doesn't feel like a solution oriented activity. Um, do I think it's wrong? No. I think if people want to go and demonstrate, they should do that. But for me, it's just not on my heart yet, at least, to uh, travel to Winnipeg and do a, a convoy. What's going on at the Whistle Stop tomorrow? Well, Cody, let me tell you, at the Whistle Stop Cafe, we have a free pancake breakfast and a free soup and sandwich lunch and free bison stroganoff supper. Sorry, I, I was really trying to do the prices right thing. Maybe I'm too tired. That's what's going on at the Whistle Stop tomorrow. Hey, Chris, are you we live? Yes, yes, we are live. When and where is the next APP meeting? Very good question. I actually don't know. Usually I don't find out until someone phones me and says, hey, how come you're not here yet? And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I have a meeting to go to. Uh, check out www.albertaprosperityproject.com. Look under latest and then events, and you will see the upcoming events. Uh, somebody says, I thought the convoy was canceled. No, it hasn't been canceled. I believe that uh, James Botter and Canada Udini pulled out of the convoy, but as far as I know, it's still going. The corruption is so bad that we must grow up now and take care of ourselves, govern ourselves according to our laws. God, the creator, gave us all. Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying, like, all of the demonstrations and the rallies and everything, they're great. But at the end of the day, are we working towards a solution? And if so, what is the solution? Well, I, I'm not a history buff, but I know enough about history to know that there are two ways that you can change the world. The first is with the pen. And I don't mean a pen like, you know, like, like Joe Pesci, the pen in the neck in casino. Um, there's the pen or the sword. We can either use our voices and stand up as a united group and say enough is enough. We can take over the uh, political positions that people are in right now where they're using it for their own corrupt means. And we can be the, the politicians that we need or we fight. 
and we don't want to see uh, a time where it comes to the sword. I believe that as human beings, we're past that and we're more enlightened than that and we can use our voices. Sound is the most powerful force in the universe. Your words can literally change the world for somebody. The universe was spoken into existence. And you might be saying, no, it wasn't Chris. We had a big bang, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You believe what you want to believe. But uh, there is science that backs up the idea that sound created everything. So uh, don't ever think that your voice is, is not uh, powerful. Heck, um, people changed my life by coming in and using their voices and saying things to me. So why can't your voice change the world for someone else? Uh, how did you travel around Europe being unvaxxed? Any hints on how to do it? Uh, just do it because Europe doesn't require uh, proof of vax. The only place that still does is the United States of America. They require proof of vaccination. But listen very carefully here. To fly into the United States, you are required to show verifiable proof of vaccination or unverifiable proof of vaccination. That was me winking. Are you speaking live anywhere soon? Only if somebody asked me to. Can you tell us about James Top? I have no idea. Um, maybe find his Facebook page or something. Uh, oh, thank you, Jamie. That's a good question. Is there a way to make a donation to the breakfast even if one cannot make it? Yes, there absolutely is. You could call in um, uh, with your credit card or you can just send something to... Um, Chris.scott at whistlestoptruckstop.ca. Thank you. And by the way, uh, someone mentioned earlier, uh, no wonder you're not making any money. You're giving away stuff for free. But when we do these breakfasts, what, what you have to understand is people want to support the Whistle Stop Cafe and they are more than willing to buy breakfast for somebody else. So people do that. They actually email, send in an email transfer uh, to cover food costs or they'll call in with their credit card. We've had people call in and say, hey, we'll buy the next $200 worth of meals for people. So, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem um, going out on a limb and offering stuff for free because people just, they want to participate in that and they want to help and they want to make sure we can continue to do it. So I just have faith that it'll work out. Uh, five more minutes here. So, sorry, seven more minutes and that'll put us to one hour and 30 minutes. So if you have any questions, get them up now and I'll do my best to answer them. But <clears throat> it questions all not statements i mean put statements if you want but hey chris still looking for doors to fit your needs yes i am actually uh, i am still looking for overhead garage doors for the other property because those ones are terrible how do you like danielle smith mike asks well uh you remember how before i said that i have the blessing and the curse of being able to talk to a lot of these people well danielle smith is one of those people if i text her or phone her she will generally text me or call me back and i'm able to have conversations with her that other people can't so it allows me to have, make a little more informed decision daniel smith um let, let's get this out of the way first because i know people are going to think it i really did not like daniel smith years ago 
over the whole Prentice fiasco. I was so upset with her. Um, and, you know, I was angry, as were a lot of Albertans. But what I've come to realize since then is oftentimes when things like that happen, we don't know why they happen, but we're angry at it nonetheless. And while I don't agree with what happened, I understand why it did. And of course, I'm talking about the floor crossing. So I'm not still angry about her, about at her about that. Now, um, I've come to realize Danielle Smith is a regular human being. She's a very, very nice woman. Um, I had the privilege of having a meal with her a couple times and speaking with her at different events uh, before she came, became premier. And I, it was always great conversations. She's incredibly smart. She's really, really sharp. And I, 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 I can tell you that she's not a lizard person. Uh, I don't think she's Illuminati. She's a regular, everyday, hardworking person who actually wants to make a difference and do something good. I don't agree with all of her positions on everything. Um, I will call her out on things that I disagree with. Um, she knows that. But at the end of the day, I really think she genuinely wants to do something great for this province. That's what I think about Daniel Smith. Um, but like I say, I don't agree with all of her positions on everything and I'll call her out for it. Um, she takes a lot of heat. It doesn't matter what she does. Uh, and that's just the way it is. Things will never be good enough for everybody. Um, people are upset with her because Tyler Shandro and copping and all these folks are still cabinet ministers. I didn't like it, but I also understand that when you take over a ship, if you fire the whole crew, you're going to be in some big trouble if you hit choppy waters. So I have to trust that she's doing the best she can. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with her. And I know that my part in my part in, in Alberta is not only calling her out when she's doing something that I don't like, but also supporting her and giving her the courage to do what's right in the first place. Another reason why I'm so involved with the Alberta Prosperity Project, because I want to travel around Alberta and educate Albertans as to what we need to do and the reality about the climate change BS and all that stuff so that we build the membership and we build this group to the point where people like Premier Smith have the courage to stand up and speak the truth and not be afraid of cancel culture. That's my part. Not just to whine and bitch about stuff, but also to spread the truth so that people like Danielle Smith um, are able to speak the truth without fear of being canceled. So, I like Danielle Smith just fine. How is Terry? Well, Terry, with a K, it's Carrie, is doing just great. I had lunch with him at Paul's Pizza in Airdrie, Alberta, yesterday, and it was awesome to catch up with him. Many of you may know Carrie from the Chris and Carrie show or from karaoke uh, at places like uh, Wildcard Shack, where he is tonight, or Tracks Pub, where he is on the last Thursday of every month, uh, or someplace in Chestermere. Uh, he's doing good. And I think he's probably in the same boat as me and probably as you. He's getting tired and worn out of all this, and we want... We just want to get back to life, and life isn't letting us do it. So if you see Carrie, give him a big hug. Ah, 
Here's a great question. Are you all done with court hearings now, Chris? No, I certainly am not. As a matter of fact, I am back in court on January 16th to January 18th, appearing on the heinous charge of contravening the Public Health Act of Alberta, a.k.a. allowing people to eat in my restaurant. I am on trial for that. Yes, that's right. So January 16th, you know, why don't you come on down to the courthouse? Uh, there's lots of room in the gallery and there's lots of room outside. We always have a good time. And it's uh, it's nice to know that people are paying attention to what's going on because, you know, some of these, you might not think that my court stuff is as significant as it is, but let's break it down for a second. I was in business. The government interfered severely with my business to the point where I was forced to stand up against them. And now the government is trying to crush me for doing so. And they never justified their interference in the first place. So this is probably a very important thing. I mean, if I win, it's going to say that, hey, the government has to respect people's rights. If I lose, that says that the government can do pretty much whatever they want to you or me. And we should be very, uh, I don't know, fearful. So yeah, January 16th. Be there or don't be bored. Do you feel much work is being done on parallel societies? There was quite a bit of work being done on that. Uh, not so much now. And while I believe it's <coughs> a good idea, in the end, if we don't have a strong political solution to all this, um, they will just come for the political or for the parallel societies. Anyway, if 35, if even if 25 million of 20 of 38 million people in Canada believe that everybody should be part of one society and those that aren't should be jailed well guess what they have the police the guns the jails the courts everything and they'll just round everybody up and put them in jail so parallel societies yeah a great idea but it is not a long-term solution it is only a short-term solution whilst we're we should be focusing and pursuing on a long-term solution I uh, do not know why you waste your time defending your actions leave the trolls to their own devices eventually they will reap their deserved rewards well, I agree to a point. Um, I, I I know that I don't have to defend myself, but really it's so frustrating that the trolls base all of their hate on lies. And I don't know, uh, if they don't, if they can't see the truth, they don't want to believe the truth, that's their problem. But I will tell them if they ask, and if the answer is not good enough, then I guess they can just go back to their uh, AI boyfriend or girlfriend or both in their mom's basement with their Bluetooth attached sex toys and just, you know, withdraw themselves from society and pound away on their keyboard like usual. Too crude? Yeah. Uh, one more and that's it because we're over time. Speak out even if your voice is shaky. Yes. Where is chicken? <gasps> I forgot I had a chicken. Just kidding. She's outside. Thank you for all your words of encouragement. I really appreciate it. I agree. He appears a little snippy tonight. Reminds me of the angry Albertan. Well, I am an Albertan and I'm starting to get a little angry, but I'm doing my best not to become an angry Albertan who simply bashes uh, everybody around him and pushes them away. I don't want to do that. I guess it could happen. I guess that's all of the questions. Chris, will you be writing a book? Probably not. I don't know how to spell. Uh, what is your news? That'll be for tomorrow. It's kind of bad news, but you know, it is what it is. Would you go back to Europe even if this BS wasn't happening? Yes. As a matter of fact, I will be going back to Europe. 
Um, there's some more places I need to visit and more people I need to talk to. So yes, I will be going back to Europe and I'll be doing it on my own dime, just like I did last time. Thank you very much. Uh, it was not a posh vacation unless you consider couch surfing and sleeping on the airport floor posh, but to each their own. Although I did try kangaroo and it was amazing. How was Stumpy number two doing? He's doing great. Yeah, he's sleeping right now. Okay, well, that's it, I guess. Um, thank you very much for putting up with me for one hour, 34 minutes, and 11 seconds, and the clock is still ticking. I really appreciate it. And thank you to those who are uh, traveling from all over Alberta to come to my cafe. Please come there more. It's been very slow. We do need more business because, you know, that's the best way for a cafe to support itself is by selling food. Our food is very, very, very good. Our kitchen is clean. Our service is great most of the time. I mean, we are human beings. We're not perfect. And if you are hesitant to come to my cafe because maybe you don't all agree or agree totally on my politics, or maybe you believe some of the vicious lies that are told about me on the internet, please just take a leap of faith and come check out my cafe. We put a lot of work into it. I put my heart and soul into the place. We're very proud of our food. And uh, we, if you come to my cafe, we will 100% change your mind. If you believe that my place is a piece of shit because you don't like my politics. As a matter of fact, our food is so good at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, that it might change your view on politics. Because once you try our food, you will be happy and satisfied. You'll be happier than you ever have eating any other food before. And it will change your entire world and your outlook on politics, the human species, uh, and reality as a whole. So, Enough of that. Thank you very much, folks. I will talk to you tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta for pretty much free everything tomorrow. Good night. Uh -huh.